Hey, I'm Maria Spear Alice, and I hate rushing. It never yields good things to rush, whether it's rushing to finish a client project or rushing to put on eyeliner. But when we have 10,000 things on our minds at any given moment, it's hard not to fall into that habit. I've had a lot of very specific technical training in my life, hello music school and law school, but none of that training prepared me for being a business owner, a lawyer, a wife, a mom, or really just a functional adult woman with a huge to-do list. I'm no guru, but I created Don't Rush Me as a way to talk more about the slow, simple tools you can start using today to make your life and business life a little easier. So whether you're a healer, a coach, or a business owner, a professional craving that slowdown, come with me as we learn about the small, easy things that can make a huge difference in your mind, body, or business. If you're anything like me, numbers give you hives. I'm not talking about angel numbers. Love me some angel numbers. I'm talking about financials, profits, losses, that kind of stuff. For some reason, it is so much easier for me to think in terms of budget for my household and everyday spending. But when it comes to financials for my business, like planning ahead, all of that stuff, I tend to overcomplicate things and just kind of throw my hands up. Well, thank goodness for our guest today, Madison Brown. Madison is all about bringing clarity and ease to your business books and the way that you think about your money. In fact, she told me before this interview started that her word for the year this year is ease. So how perfect is that? Madison's business, Madison Dearly, is a bookkeeping team serving brand and website designers and female business owners in the online space with a friendly, hands-on financial tracking and analysis. With a ton of experience in small business accounting, as we'll hear, Madison Dearly understands how confidence in your business's financial health fuels the growth you deserve. And it also supports the lifestyle you work so hard to afford. In short, these gals are not your dad's stodgy bookkeepers, okay? So Madison is a beautiful soul, and I know that you'll love learning from her. Listen in for some easy ways that you can start planning for things like investing in your business, taking a maternity leave or sabbatical, and the first couple of steps you can do literally today on the back of a napkin to become more confident with that coin. But before I get into my conversation with Madison, here is today's history lesson. Let's dig into a quick little history of candles. The history of candles dates back to ancient times. Candles were, of course, used by the ancient Egyptians, Greeks, and Romans for lighting and religious ceremonies. According to Oxford English Dictionary, the earliest known candles were made from wax produced by bees and were used in ancient Egypt more than 5,000 years ago. Candles were used to light the way in tombs and were also used in religious ceremonies. In the Middle Ages, candles were made from tallow, which is animal fat, and were used for lighting in homes and churches. The widespread use of candles led to the development of more efficient methods of production, like dipping wicks into melted wax and molding of candles. Today, of course, candles are made from a variety of materials, including beeswax, paraffin wax, and soy wax. I like beeswax candles myself. And are used for a variety of purposes, including lighting, fragrance, and decoration. And of course, candles can help set the tone for meditation, for prayer, for healing, or even just a slow, chill workday. All right, hope you enjoyed that brief little history lesson. Here is Madison Brown from Madison Dearly. Madison, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So excited to be here because I'm like obsessed with you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I am so glad that you're here. Uh, Madison and I met, um, well, 
we met in person just a few months ago at a mastermind that we both attended, but I feel like we became Instagram friends before that, maybe a year before that ish. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And I've been admiring you from afar because you make these things, you make these things sound easy and pleasant. Uh, these things, these numbers, th these number things. <laughs> yeah. Those crazy number things. Uh, <laughs> I think that's been my entire MO my whole life around my business. Hi, I'm Madison, by the way, I'm the owner <laughs> of Madison Daily Bookkeeping. I guess I should introduce myself, but um, I worked in public accounting for a really long time. And I just remember there was this like, uh, just kind of expectation to make these things complicated or to make them stuffy or professional in a certain level that I felt like I had to be at. Um, but I felt myself just wanting to like crack jokes and like lighten up, like the world still turns, like everything's fine. Like, yes, we all have our head down. We're working really hard. We will meet deadlines, but it still should be fun. And I almost felt like I was being like shunned <laughs> for being like outgoing and fun. So now that I have my own business and I get to do bookkeeping for business owners, I, that's all I want to bring to the plate. I want to just like be completely me to make it fun approachable to increase financial literacy for business owners, for women. Uh, that is just all so important to me. So now I just get to fully be that. And I love it. Yes. I feel like we we have similar, we're similar in that way because the legal side, um, you know, can be overcomplicated and people in the industry can use words that just make us sound much fancier and official and, and more official. And it's like, we don't have to do it that way. It can actually be fun. <laughs> Yes. Amen. And amen. <laughs> yes. Well, tell us, um, you know, uh, tell us about Madison dearly and how it is that you came to do what you do, both, you know, both your, your skill wise and becoming a small business owner. Sure. Absolutely. So I, whew, how far back do I even <laughs> go? Like there's a whole story to this. I grew up dancing. I always thought that I was going to be a professional dancer. I was going to do the, like, so you think you can dance backup dancer. Oh to my Justin gosh. I didn't, Lake. I didn't like, know this about you. Like, like the goal. Um, so I did a year of college at a very small performing arts school in Pittsburgh. Absolutely loved it. I was a ballet major. But when I came home, I ended up competing for Miss New Mexico and I ended up yes. winning Miss New Mexico. So competed at Miss America, did that whole thing. But after that like whirlwind of a year of like being in the spotlight, doing so much, go, 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 it was just very demanding. I wanted to like settle, settle down, quote unquote, settle down. So I transferred to the University of New Mexico, where I'm from. I'm from Albuquerque, University near mom, uh, which is what a lot of people like affectionately call it. Um, <laughs> but then I just started taking all of the like prerequisite classes um, that they offer in college. You know, it was kind of like dipping my toe into economics or philosophy, all the things that you kind of take. Took one accounting class and was like, hold the phone this is me. This is how my brain works. I loved it. I was like hanging on every word. And I had an awesome professor too, who just made it really like fun and just understandable. And my mind is very black and white. It's one plus one equals two. There's always a solution to everything. So this just was that for me. So at that point, I just took every single accounting class that the college had to offer and um, got completely absorbed in accounting. But then at that point, I kind of didn't know what route I wanted to take. Did I want to go public accounting? Did I want to work for a company as like an internal accountant? So I ended up going the internal route, worked for an 
awesome nonprofit in Dallas for a long time. And I was the accounting team. Like I was the accounting department right out of college, which was really weird. Cause I was like, um, let me consult my textbooks on like the process. (laughs) (laughs) It was just very, like, I loved it. I love the autonomy to be able to kind of do whatever I wanted and create the processes myself, but I just didn't have any experience. So ended up transitioning, uh, when a job opened at a public accounting firm, I was in public accounting firm or at that firm for about three years it was brutal. It was 60, 70 hour weeks. It was auditing. It was taxes. It was so many concepts and things that I learned. It was the definition of drinking out of a fire hydrant. But I I look back on that time as crazy as it was and as to be vulnerable, as depressed as I felt. Um, I look back on it with a level of fondness because I know that it taught me all that I needed to bring into this role now, having my own business, getting to serve people, um, because I've had all of that experience, I feel very confident in the in my abilities to show up for business owners now at this point. So from the public accounting firm, worked for a radio station for a while because I was like, can't do this public accounting thing anymore. I need something like that's a 40-hour work week. Did that. The pandemic hit. We all started working from home. Two clients fell in my lap. One of them was a friend that was like, hey, do you do bookkeeping? Like, have you ever done that? And I was like, I've never done it for a client, but I do it all the time. I've done it for every position that I've worked at. And so that kind of fell in my lap. Another client fell in my lap. And then the referrals started coming in and I was still working at my other job. We were all working from home. So they didn't even know that I had like the second thing on the side that I was doing but I was also pregnant with my second kid and Mm. I took my maternity leave and I kept swearing up and down to everyone. Like, I promise, of course, I'm going to be back for my maternity leave. Like, I love this place. I love, you know, the radio station is so fun. The work that I get to do is super fulfilling. Um, But by the time I got back from my maternity leave, I remember that first day I was bawling like the whole day. I just knew, I knew that wasn't where I was supposed to be anymore. And there's an element of faith to it as well. The radio station was um, a ministry radio station. So it was really difficult for me to think that God was calling me away from a ministry. Mm. Um, But I just knew it. I knew it in my gut. And that whole week I was like, okay, well, guess I'm going all in on this business thing. And I did by the end of that first week, I quit and invested in like a bookkeeper coach that next week, which was also very scary, but everything was just very natural. It was just taking the next right step and everything, you know, kind of back to the natural feeling, everything has grown and expanded naturally. And it just feels really good. Like I'm just really sitting in my sweet spot of my purpose and what I'm meant to do for business owners. Yes. Well, I I truly believe in divine timing as a thing. And, and I think it sounds like, first of all, you are not the first pregnant woman to say, I know that I'm coming back, like, don't worry. And then you get there and it's like, (laughs) right. Um, This is not, this is not it. Um, Wow. Wow. So, um, so it's almost like, you know, your your first job out of college, you know, you learned how to put together those systems. Each piece of your journey has has influenced you in starting um, Madison Dearly. So it's beautiful to hear just kind of how all of that, again, divine timing and how all of that came together. 100%. Yes. 
So, so there are so many things that we could talk about in terms of making numbers easier for women. Um, I think that that one thing, well, let me ask this question because I'm sure you get this all the time. Tell us the difference between bookkeeper and CPA for those that don't know. Yes, that is a wonderful question. I would love to tell you <laughs> a lot, Elise Myers. Um, a CPA is a certified public accountant. They are going to be the person that you call when you need to file your tax return. A lot of CPAs will work with people on an annual basis where you come to them once a year, you give them all of your stack of papers or your virtual stack of papers, and you say, here, file my tax return for me. Some CPAs, the best ones, will work with you on a quarterly basis or a monthly basis where you're continually checking with, in with them throughout the year to know what you should be paying for your quarterly estimated tax payments. Uh, they also have a more holistic picture. A bookkeeper is someone who's going to be in the weeds of your business. They are categorizing things. How much money did you make from your one-to-one -one client work or your online digital shop or your product suite or whatever? Um, so they're seeing how much money you made, how much money you spent, what was left over. So they're, again, very, very in the weeds on a monthly basis. But a CPA is also going to take all of that information, your business profit and loss report, as well as your partner's W-2 or your investment property that you have. They're looking at literally everything to help you make really smart payments to the government throughout the year. You're not overpaying or underpaying. So they're more strategic where a bookkeeper is very um, just kind of data entry in the weeds of your business month after month. Yeah, that makes total sense. I kind of think of CPA as like tax heavy. Um, mm -hmm. and like, for example, when we, um, when we brought a nanny into our home, you know, they're technically an employee and I was like, ah, taxes. And so he, <laughs> you know, our CPA helped with that. <laughs> um, so interesting. So I'm going to out myself a little bit because, um, what I'm hearing from you is that a bookkeeper is in the weeds of your business that can really help you plan. Right. Um, and when you're, when you're a small business owner, like, like I am, like we are, you know, I have the tendency to, oh, it's a business expense and just not really think about, it's so crazy because you think of, you think, I, I, you think about a budget for your home and like spending things for your home. But for me, spending, having a budget and spending for my business is not as natural. It's just, you know, oh, this is a business expense. So I can just, you know, check that box and worry about, you know, is there capital there? Because there are all these, it's great that we have all these tools like credit cards and loans and things like that. But um, tell me a little bit about bookkeeping and how we can start thinking about maybe making investments in our business and planning for those things better in a way that is beneficial to our businesses in a way that's kind of maybe comes naturally to us. Yes. It honestly does feel easier, in my opinion, to budget for your family than to budget for your business because you yes. know what you're building or you know what you need to pay to keep a roof over your head, food on your table, uh, fund money every now and then, daycare, right. like all of the expenses you can clearly put down on paper. I'm glad but, I'm not business, alone. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> but business can feel like it really changes and evolves all the time what you need as far as a service provider that you're hiring to do your brand and web design or um, you want to invest in Facebook ads or whatever else it's just kind of it's not as 
regular and it's changing so often. Whereas your home, you know, these are probably going to be the same expenses that I'm going to have a year from now as well. Um, I think the first thing that we need to do is to really, and when I talk about this, I legitimately call them back of napkin calculations. Hmm. This is rough. This is like, all you need to do is put pen to paper and write it down and that's it. It does not have to be a complex spreadsheet. It doesn't have to be anything that's complicated at all. It just has to be you knowing the information. So what I like to do is over the next three to six months, it can be a year if you want to be ambitious, but a year can be daunting for some people to look at. But for the next three to six months, who is contracted to pay you money? Or what launches do you have coming up? And what is the price of that offering that you're giving? Write those down and put them, actually put them into your like budget. We'll call it a budget into your budget over the next couple of months. Then um, I actually kind of should have reversed this first. Start with expenses and say, what do you want to pay over the next couple of months? Do you want to hire a team member? Do you want to give a team member a raise? Do you want to try out a new software that might be a little bit more pricey, but that could actually buy you back time in your business? Map all of those out first. I should have totally said that first, but put them all to the first of the your true wish list. And then back into your sales numbers. How many people do I need to bring in to be able to pay for those expenses? Um, if I'm going to have an upcoming launch of a new signature course or offering or membership, something that you have, what is the goal of what I need to bring in to be able to pay for all of my expenses? Then it gets even more fun because once you've mapped out your wish list and then you kind of back into your sales goals, you also want to tack on paying yourself. We want to pay ourselves. We want to have money left over so that we're not just keeping the ship afloat and bringing money in the door. We want to support our lifestyle, support our family, start start having a family, retire our husband, save for a surgery. There's so many things that really your your life does change the more that you look at your numbers which sounds so like counterintuitive, but if you can really get comfortable with your numbers and be looking at them, there is that ease that comes with making your life happen and making the, the goals and dreams that you want happen come from knowing your numbers. So putting a budget into place is all a great way to plan. I actually have a spreadsheet. <laughs> I'll totally pitch it right here, but yes, please I do. Yeah. I systemize a way to actually um, go in and look at what's going to happen for you over the next 12 months. So there's plenty of room for one-to-one -one services, for an online shop. If you have like digital guides or um, digital products that you sell, as well as like if you're a mentor, if you do any kind of education, there's plenty of places to map out your sales goals. And then I basically took every profit and loss report from all of my clients and I dumped all of the any expense that you could think that you might need in your business. So fees, team members, legal and professional, CPA, like anything that you could think of in your business so that you can actually like put again, pen to paper and see like what, it, what fun money do I have to play with? What is left over after everything that I can pay myself, save for taxes, pay off debt. Um, it really becomes a level of clarity that is unmatched when you can plan in that way. Hmm. Yes, for sure. So easy step one is to just look at your expenses. I'll use my community as a, as an example, because it's, it's pretty, um, low overhead, I guess there might be three or four, you know, you want to be able to pay for the space and pay for breakfast for our meetings once a month and, you know, pay for our software to keep our, our community, you know, up and running. 
So once you know those numbers, you can look at, okay, how much do I need to break even? And then in terms of planning something, so this is not my quote unquote main business, so to speak, but let's say there's someone who's listening who has a community and that's their, that's her thing, right? She's got this community. She knows what she needs to break even, but she wants to plan for a maternity leave or plan and look ahead. Um, and I know you have some resources too that help with that, but if you can tell us um, or give us a couple of hints on, okay, you've got those numbers in place. You know what those numbers are. Now, when you're planning ahead and looking ahead, what do we need to be thinking about? Yes. Oh, I love talking about saving for maternity leave, saving for a sabbatical time off, um, because I think it's so important, especially as entrepreneurs, we can run ourselves ragged. So if we don't plan for time off, chances are it will never happen. It will, your body will demand time off at the most uh, inopportune time. Yes. Um, but as we start to have our plan in place, as we have really good bookkeeping processes and procedures, we're doing our bookkeeping month over month, or you're hiring a bookkeeper month over month, you have a budget in place where you're looking forward and projections, what's going to happen over the next couple of months. You can really start to see that bottom line number. It's called profit. So your top line, everything coming in is revenue, everything going out as expenses, your bottom line, what you're left over with is profit. That is the number one most important thing that you need to know in your business is what is what have you made in terms of profit month over month? Because that dictates how much you can save for maternity leave. If you know, I want to take time off, I'm, I'm pregnant right now, and my baby's coming in the next six months, I have six months to save up a specific amount of money to take off three, four, however many months you want to take off after the baby's here. So I actually have a spreadsheet that does that for you. And when I say spreadsheet anytime on this podcast, <sighs> I mean it in the most simple way, because I know spreadsheets can freak people out. This, yes. these spreadsheets are like hot pink, they're aesthetic, Ooh. they're cute, they're simple. It is very easy for somebody who hates spreadsheets and has no background in numbers to go in, type in how many months they have until their baby is here how much they want to have saved, how many months they want to take off. You can even input like your average business profit and loss numbers in there too. So you can clearly see like how much profit do we have to play with? And it gives you exactly how much you need to be saving month over month before the baby gets here to achieve your goals. Again, this is a level of ease. All we're doing here is saving money. Do we need to make more money? Do we need to bring on more clients to make our goals happen? Do we need to cut back expenses somewhere? Like where are we spending too much? Because once we know those things, once we actually have clear, accurate data that we're looking at, that's when the magic happens of making all of the things that we say we want to have happen actually happen. Mm, that's so great. Yes. We need the ease and the hot pink. I like a hot pink yes, spreadsheet always. so much more than just a plain one. <laughs> Yes. Um, so, okay. So that sounds, I'm kind of recapping to make sure I understand. So we're looking at how much we need to save in order to achieve that goal. That's maybe six months away and looking mm -hmm. at maybe a profit and loss statement will show us here's how much overhead expenses, whatever, um, you have going on over the course of the last three ish, six ish months. So we know we need to have that covered. And then in terms of coming up with how much, how much to save, then you can look at those expenses and see, and maybe how much you want to pay yourself, right? Maybe you're not working, but you still want to be pay giving yourself a draw or whatever it is for those six months. So we would be able to figure those things out by looking at those numbers. 
Yes. Have you been in my spreadsheet? Did you help build it? Because that's like exactly what it does. <laughs> you are still paying yourself during that time off when you take either a sabbatical or maternity maternity leave. You're inputting exactly how much you want to pay yourself, exactly what expenses, because you are still going to need to pay expenses when you take time off, whether it's a team member to run things for you or whether it's software subscriptions to keep things automated while you're away. Um, so it takes all of that into account. And it's I think it's like $47. <laughs> I'm like, I should know the price of my product, but yeah, it's very inexpensive and it's a pool that gives extreme clarity. Well, we'll definitely drop links to it in the show notes. Um, if you will provide those tools to us, I'm sure that there are people um, that will be that would love to get organized in an easy, hot pink way. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there is one more question I had about numbers and planning and an easy way to, oh, this is maybe a very specific question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Sometimes, and I'll use myself as an example again, you might have an expense that comes up once a year, like my attorney's license fee or something like that. Is there an easy way to kind of plan for those things that aren't you know, if you look over the past three months, you wouldn't see it, for example. So how do you plan ahead for something that might come up once a year? Yeah, again, it goes kind of back to those back of napkin calculations. Have it as like a Google Doc, like literally just fire up a Google Doc. Again, does not have to be fancy. It doesn't even have to be a spreadsheet. But let's just make a list of everything that you use in your business, um, maybe even pack on there, like what month it comes out. If it comes out in October and you're sitting in February and you're like, I'm not really sure when this comes out. I know that I use Kajabi in my business, but it only comes out once a year. Write down the amount that it is and when it's supposed to come out. That way, when you're looking at this Google doc, you can clearly see everything that's recurring, everything that you spend money on in your business. Again, it just gives you that, I keep using the word clarity, but it's it's such an underrated word because it feels so good to just know everything that's going on in your business and that it all serves a purpose and that it's giving you ROI too. We want to know that every single thing that we're spending money on in our business is moving us towards making more money, which there is no shame in making more money. That is a very impactful and passionate way to uh, support yourself and to support the people around you too. Anyways, that is a whole can of worms. <laughs> but, um, oh crap, what was I even saying? I, I went to the can of worms. Making a, you, you were saying about back of napkin and making a, a Google doc yeah. and, and just simply writing everything out. Yeah. But having that level of clarity and seeing that Google doc, all, all of the things in one place um, really does help you squeeze out as much ROI from every single one of your intentional expenses that you are spending money on in your business. Yes. That's great. Okay. I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. Um, for this part of the conversation, because you might say that, well, I don't want to say that it's stressful, but we all have stresses in our in our businesses as business owners. And I would love to know, you know, we've talked about Madison dearly, but in Madison Brown, <laughs> what do you, what are some of the, the habits and things that you incorporate into your life as a small business owner, um, or I should say growing business owner, um, to kind of tackle things day to day? Because any of us working with clients, you know, you can take on, you can see people's ups, you can see people's downs. It can, some stress can come into it. So what do you do? Um, maybe not every day or, or when the opportunity, when you get the opportunity, I know you have little ones, 
but what are some of the things that you do to kind of bring you back to your body or to just kind of bring more ease into your life? Yes. I actually learned about this concept a couple of weeks ago at a summit I went to and it was white space, which I think we all kind of have, when I say those words, you instantly have an idea of what you think that that means, but she presented it in a way of one to two hours every single week where you show up, there are no plans and you do whatever you need in that moment. It could be read a book. It could be do a puzzle. It could be go for a walk. It could be work out. It could be take a nap. Whatever it is that you need in that moment to fill your cup makes you a more whole person to show up for your business, for your partner, for your family, whatever that looks like. And I just thought that that was so extremely impactful, clearly, because now I'm talking about it weeks later. I know that that's a concept that's really going to stick with me. Um, but then kind of going back to the first part of your question too, when it comes to ease in my business, having um, things already set up for me before I start my day. So past me has already said, what do I need to do every single day, every single week, every single month, every single quarter? And I I did this actual exercise of mapping everything out. What are all the things in my business that I need to do? to do, and then actually putting them on my calendar, which yes, makes my calendar look a little cray, but helps me and actually gives me more freedom to know this is what I need to be doing in this moment. And I have all past me has already given me this gift of blocking off that time to have a little bit more ease and blocking off enough time too. I always block off more than I think that I need so that I can take the time. I can work slow because that feels better. I'm not as rushed or stressed. Yes. Um, and I know that I'm tackling something that is actually important to my business, not just some random things that are on a sticky note that I need to tackle for the day. Yes. That's so great. White space and margin, right? So margin for yes. Maybe something does come up when when you've got your one hour block where you're working on a client and a client has something really urgent or really important that you want to work on. You want to be able to do that. So building in margin when you're, I love a, I love a, a blank calendar. It gives me highs. I love a, co a color coded calendar with things yeah. that are intentionally carved out in there. Um, so I love that. And I also, I also, I mean, I, I strongly dislike rush, rushing. That's why the name of this podcast is Don't Rush Me. Um, so, so, you know, building in that, that white space, that nothingness where if I want to literally doodle on a blank sheet of paper, I can do that or do a puzzle, like you said, whatever you need to do, because also that helps your, with your create creativity and just, you know, that's when ideas come to you too, I think. Yes. Yes. Which then I think even more like perpetuates you towards your zone of genius, mm -hmm. the more fulfilled we feel and the more whole in filling up our cup with whatever we need in that moment, the more we can show up to our business or our kids and be our absolute best selves and do the things that we most love doing instead of kind of hanging out in our zone of competence, doing things that we know like are just things that we need to do uh, when we feel really full, like our cup is full, we can actually show up better. Yes. Absolutely. And to bring this full circle, I think that knowing your numbers can absolutely contribute to getting out of your zone of competence and staying in your zone of genius. Yes. Agreed. Madison, thank you so much for being here. Tell everyone where we can find you and hang out with you. Yes. I'm at Madison Dearly everywhere. So Madison Dearly on Instagram, madisondearly.com. 
please, if you have any questions from this podcast, reach out to me. I love answering questions in the DMs and giving as much value as I possibly can. Financial literacy and um, really bringing that up for women and for business owners is a passion of mine and I hold it very close to my heart. So I'm happy to help with any questions that you have. Come find me. Thank you so much, Madison. I loved that conversation with Madison, and I hope that you will give her a follow. Check out the resources in the show notes uh, that she mentioned, and I'm going to be looking for that hot pink magenta spreadsheet, and I hope this was helpful for you. If you learned something new from this podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, share it on social media, tag us, tag me at HeySoMaria, and I will see you next time. This episode was brought to you by The Legal Apothecary. Hey, that's my business. I'm a licensed attorney, and my practice is The Legal Apothecary, which is a female-forward holistic legal service for creative women that want to focus on growing their influence and their gifts. And part of The Legal Apothecary is The Legal Apothecary Library, where I sell easy-to-follow contract templates for you to use in your business. As a podcast listener, use code PODCAST for a 22% discount on any of the contract kits that you find in the Legal Apothecary Library. Link in the show notes.